0: Welcome to Revealed in Ephesians, the mystery of who I am in Christ. My name's Brianna, and I'm here with my husband, Caleb. Hello. (laughs)
1: Caleb's
0: (laughs) joining us for part two of our journey through Ephesians in the part about marriage. This is exciting. It is (laughs) exciting. Um, Marriage is such a precious gift of God, and it can be difficult because I think we're all human, And um, it can be wonderful, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Um, It's wonderful at the same time. But let's get started with prayer. Caleb, can I put you on the spot and ask you to pray? I love it when you pray for me, and I want you to pray for all of my listeners out
1: there. Well, I'll pray for you and your listeners. (laughs) Thank you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much um, that we can gather here and um, think about what you're calling us to about your will and your purpose for our lives. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, present, um, active, and powerful. Um, So we ask that even in these discussions, in um, our talk here right now, and in the prayerful study by each person who listens, uh, God, that you would be speaking to our hearts, that you would be working in our hearts. We thank you so much for Jesus. And we love you and pray this in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Amen. I think in our last episode um, on week nine, day five, we were talking about submission and servant. I, I like to call it submission and sacrifice because the wife is called to submission and the husband is called to sacrifice. But then Caleb was really bringing it back to to verse 21 in Ephesians chapter 5, submit to one another out of reverence to Christ. And I love how you were really talking about taking and reading the Word of God in context because people like to soundbite God's Word just as much as they like to sound, like the news media likes to soundbite politicians or events to kind of manipulate and get their way. Um, I think people like to soundbite God's Word to try to like shore up their platform and their position, and in this you were really focusing last on our last episode on the mutual submission that we need to have to one another out of reverence for Christ.
1: Well, I, and part of it because somehow, and I'm and I'm not even I'm not blaming any part of my growing up. I'm not a very good listener sometimes, <laughs> but some somehow along the way, I knew the part or had heard the part um, about wives, submit yourselves to your husbands, for the husband is at the head of the wife. I I somehow knew that that was in the Bible, but then it was later on that I read the stuff around it and was like, oh, wow, this is kind of heavy for husbands, too. So, um, you know, who knows sort of what we absorb and don't as... When we're young, and, I, and I'm talking about this kind of thought or revelation, was years ago, not not recently. But I remember having it, so I think you're right about you know about the idea that sometimes we can just get one part of an idea in our heads, and um, if we actually go back and we actually see what the author is trying to say, um, sort of in a big chunk um we might gain some wisdom there.
0: Yeah, definitely. And um I want to just speak to the women out there for a minute because this there is we both both parties and this is within marriage. Um submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ, but also outside of um marriage, just in general believers are required by God to consider one, one another better than yourself. It's like to our purpose in submission is to honor the other person. I mean, think about it. If you're honoring somebody, you don't want to gossip about them. You know, If you're honoring somebody, you don't want to um, mock them. If you're honoring somebody, you want to help them when they're weak. And um, I'm thinking of the passage that says love covers over a multitude of sin. And, and that's not talking about hiding sin or lying or anything, but it's it's even honoring somebody in their weaknesses and when they've sinned and not like wanting to destroy them or like, see, you have a weakness and and rejoicing in that. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that love rejoices. It doesn't keep any record of wrongs, but it rejoices with the truth. And so when um, we honor one another in Christ, whether it's in your marriage or um, you see, see, even with children or outside of your marriage, or even with your children, you know, we have to submit ourselves to our children's needs. Does that mean that I don't have authority over my children? Absolutely not. Right. But I have to submit myself to the needs of my children and put their needs ahead of my own needs many times. Or what will happen? That child is going to not be raised in a nurturing way. They're going to be they're going to be neglected. And, and so what happens when people um, are refuse to have that submissive attitude and that servant-like attitude, other people can be injured because the goal of submission is to build other people up. And so in, in marriage, I believe it's this mutual submission that builds each other up. And if only one party is doing their job, the other party is going to suffer. What do you think, Caleb?
1: Um, well... I think you're brilliant, absolutely. <laughs> um, but i I do think that that's something I've struggled with because when you when you're concerning yourself with someone else and their needs, then you start to worry that yours won't get met. Um, and that that can just be I think that's just human. I think that's just part of our sort of innate. Selfishness, I suppose. Um, So I think, right? uh, I think you alluded to this, but this Philippians two, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ, who, being in the very nature of God, did not consider a God equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking on the nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So um, the the thing I do love about Jesus is, even though the things he's asking us to seem really, really hard sometimes, he never asks us to do something that he hasn't already done himself, or he's not willing to do himself. So it's not, you know, this isn't some sort of like, king sitting in his castle, ordering his army, go out and die for me, defend, you know, this is, Jesus goes ahead and says, here's how it's done, and then invites us to follow him. So I think when our focus then is on maybe, I'm sacrificing in a way um, that my spouse or who, you know, whatever relationship, um, you know, there's gonna be a church or whatever, but we're talking about marriage right now. Um, so I'm sacrificing, and they're not. And then maybe I need to sort of reorient my perspective a little bit and um, begin to meditate on on the on what Christ has done for me, and then maybe out of gratitude, be responsive to that. That that. Christ gave me something I didn't deserve, um, and I, I guess I keep coming back to this just because just because we're like this because we're we can get really caught up on what we deserve or keeping a tally or a ledger, um, and the reality is that we we none of us deserve Christ's love or His grace, um, and then we just live in sort of I mean the. We should live in just sort of wild, glorious reflection, <laughs> joyous, you know, we, we don't, but I think that's that's where we should be.
0: Yeah. And, and I do want to say, I have so many thoughts as you're talking about what you're saying, and so I don't want to forget. I do want to say one thing about God's role in our obedience, and then I want to talk about I want to respond to what you said about like feeling like keeping a tally or things are equal. So don't let me forget that's the next thing. The first thing is that God does not call us to do anything out of our own strength. Is that he Jesus said to his disciples, "I have to go so that the Holy Spirit can come." And it's better that Jesus is in bodily form in heaven at the right hand of the father so the holy spirit could come and live inside of each of us. And so for the the Christian marriage the holy spirit's in Caleb and the holy spirit's in me like woohoo that's exciting. <laughs> that's like hope for the marriage because I know like sometimes if there's a misunderstanding I can you know I can ask the holy spirit like holy spirit please communicate what is like untangle the confusion in Jesus name. And we're asking God because Jesus is in the middle of the marriage. It's not just me doing this drudgery work. So so Jesus is the one that actually makes it what Caleb said, the blissful, joyful glory of Jesus. The Holy Spirit has to do that work in me. Otherwise, I just feel like I did when I was a little kid. And I remember when I was, my, some of my first memories of having to clean, would, my mom would say, clean the playroom. And I would be like overwhelmed by the mess. And I didn't know how to clean it up. But it was when she came alongside and would say, like, let's put this in first. Now let's do this next. And I needed that help. And the Holy Spirit is our helper. And so the Holy Spirit comes alongside of us as believers. You're not alone doing what God has called you to do. You need to ask God to fill you with his power. And like we've learned in our prayers throughout our Ephesians Bible study. If you haven't listened to our podcast before, you can go back to the very first uh, week one, day one on prayer and, and learn about this, that you can ask the Holy Spirit to come and give you wisdom, to give you revelation, to give you understanding, to fill you with the same power that raised Jesus from the dead can raise your marriage from the dead and can raise your attitude from the dead. So it's not just about pulling yourself up by your own boots drops and change in your own attitude but God can change your attitude if and I think the best thing for for me when I'm in a bad place and I'm having a bad attitude is to say God I'm honest I say God I don't I'm kind of in a bad mood right now I'm, I'm I don't want to forgive and I'm just honest with God and I know you require it of me so I need you to fill me with your spirit so I can forgive or so I can have the right attitude in this and I need you to strengthen me in Jesus name but if you just try to do it on your own it's not really going to work. So, I mean, it's just right. going to feel discouraging. But it is exciting to say, like, Jesus is in the middle of it. And then also you were saying about the keeping a tally, like, because if, if you're just trying to say, I mean, you're this big, strong dude, you're like this talented, you're this talented man, and you're really strong, and you are physically, I feel like you're physically able to do more than I am. And um, I am like... Like you've always pointed out, like I'm a talker. I can communicate really well with my words. And so there's different ways we both have strengths, we both have weaknesses, we both need each other. And that's why why it says in Ephesians here that the two will become one. Like God really wants us to balance each other out, and not just man and woman, but personalities and like physical differences and, and personality differences that he really intends us together to bring this unity and if we if we look at each other like me versus you and who's really getting what and we're not like looking at it as we're a team and we're bringing this together and we're working together as a team um, for the family, um, then it, then it can get you know nitpicky and it can get like tit for tat or whatever you call that you know just back and forth and and um, and it's really comparing apples and oranges. Um,
1: and I, and I think. Also, it is there is joy in bringing joy to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's joy in, you know, you you love to take your your nephews,
0: you know, <laughs> on little
1: trips and give them presents and give you know because because it, it it's not it's not taking anything away from you to give something to them. So I think. I mean, uh, so I, th- I think ultimately we're even misunderstanding how it's supposed to work. I think I think it's a, you know, this sort of not godly um, concept even of how this kind of giving works. Um, you know, so so maybe it's even true that the idea that there is a tally to be keeping is is not even truth. Yeah. Um, that, that you know, as I find, as I do things for my family, that's joyful. It's not like I did all these things for my family, and now I can't do anything for myself, so I'm sad. It's like I did these, I did with my family, for my family. My family is is part, you know, my marriage, my wife, is is part of who I am. So I think that you know, Paul talks about that with the with the church all being the body of Christ, you know, so how much more the family unit or the husband and wife as a couple?
0: Well, we're going to pause right here. Hold that thought because tomorrow we're going to come back and flesh this out even more about Um, how to have a healthy marriage, how to have a Christ-centered marriage, and how that can be done in really practical ways. Practical, practical, practical. This is going to be really great. So don't miss it tomorrow. We're going to keep talking on – it's week 10. We're still on day one, week 10, day one on unity in marriage, and we'll come back tomorrow.